of the hour news. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens. Local, regional, and global. Only on Q95, the big station. Q95DA.com. Right on Q. Good afternoon and welcome to the Midday News for today. I'm your presenter, Richie Ferrol. Here are the headlines. Development planner, architect and president of the UWP, Isaac Baptist, calls on the government of Dominica to provide greater accountability for state funds. Three weeks after being allowed to reopen their doors, the majority of owners of daycares and nurseries in Barbados are reporting increased numbers of children returning to their care. And hundreds of Americans are dying daily as tens of thousands are getting infected from a once-in-a-century virus. And President Donald Trump is said to be offering denial and delusion as the pandemic overtakes his presidency. These are our headlines. The news brought to you compliments Quartz Dominica Limited. We'll be back after this. Summer this year is going to be a little different. How about a homecation? Shop at Courts today. Save on a variety of products across the store. AC units to keep cool. Upgrade your favorite appliances, living room, and even your patio furniture. Courts has the best prices and widest range of smart TVs guaranteed. Whatever you need, shop with Courts Ready Finance and you pay nothing for 90 days. It's Summertime. Let's make staying at home a homecation with a little help from Courts. Courts, bringing value home. Welcome back to Q95 News. The idea of online learning sort of feels like it's being forced into the education system. These are comments from youth activist and psychology majors Milagro Charlemagne and Elaine Commodore. They were speaking of unspoken issues of psychological effects that COVID-19 may be having on the youth as it relates to the implementation of online education. They highlighted the fact that for one's entire upbringing, we have been taught into a system that required us to assimilate information and adjust our social lives to an interactive mode, hence adjusting one's entire life to a new standard in a matter of months is an arduous task for some. They were speaking on the Civic Vibes program on Q95 FM on Sunday afternoon. I think um, the reason why a lot of children, a lot of young people, or sometimes even aged people are struggling is because everyone is kind of trying to just force feed the idea mm -hmm. of online learning. No right. one is trying to be, be complacent and say, okay, I hear what you have to say. I understand. I think, yes, because that's, that's all you know. When you go into preschool, you exactly. go into a class. When you go into primary school, you go into a class. When exactly. you go into high school. But now, after going to, you go to preschool for like, what, two years, primary mm -hmm. school for eight years, that's 10 years. And then in your 13th year of learning, you're like, okay, well, you kind of go outside. Here's a computer, all your tests, all your work, everything is online. And that also depends on the type of subject you're doing. Because imagine mm -hmm. for us, Ellen, we're doing psychology, right? That is a major or a, a subject or topic, whatever you wish to call it, that requires a lot of human interaction. Mm -hmm. For example, my class, we're a small class. There are only 12 of us. So when you're in the class, through learning others, you learn about yourself. Personally, I learn better when classes are animated. I like to act out things. That is my strongest point. I like to present, that's what I like. So can you imagine, you know, maybe this semester is rocky and you're telling yourself, okay, I have that last presentation. At the end of the semester, I'm going to burst it. Boom, COVID hits and right now I have to write an essay. Instead of doing that, of, <laughs> instead of doing that presentation and something that would have been my strongest point is now something where error is expected, for example. 
youth activist and psychology majors Milagro Charlemagne and Elaine Commodore. Financial consultant Louis Robinson is calling on business owners in the manufacturing industry who are of African descent to partner and address the issues of organizational business structure and capital in Dominica. In, in Dominica, we have two fundamental problems. One is organization structure and two, capital. In the organization structure, I've been wrestling for a number of years now to find out any company with two or three people of African descent pooling their resources together and building a serious company that can do well, massive production to meet world or the global market, so to speak. We have on a small cases, we do some things, but we don't have that kind of organizational structure that is required. Robinson added that effort is needed from the government of Dominica to create the necessary legislations to ensure Dominica gets a fair platform to compete for export on the global market. He went on to expose what he calls the foolish action adopted by Dominica's indigenous banks and their failure to accommodate the business persons in the local manufacturing sector in providing effective financial assistance and services. The other fundamental problem we have is we talk about globalization, but there is no effort on the part of the governance structure to create the necessary legislative environment to compete in a globalized market. Our commerce sits on 15th, 16th century legislation. We have done nothing to move that forward on, on, the, on the capital funding structure. I find our financial services sector is not conducive to providing the kind of assistance and service necessary for kind of manufacturing and really productive um, productive capacity. What they are geared to do, and it is sad that the Indigenous Bank, the National Commercial Bank of Dominica, has followed the same pattern of the branch banks of Scotia and Royal and, 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 and um, Barclays. In that, they, they, was, they were branch banks there to facilitate import from, from, from the home country, like the importation of cars, the importation of stuff from, from the country. That was their main function. Their main function was to foster development that you go into engineering and manufacturing. It was not their function. Additionally, the financial consultant says there is no reason why the institutions of Dominica's financial services sector cannot do the analysis of local companies and prepare the necessary business proposals for funding to increase capacity and marketing offers for export of local produce. And the financial services sector have persons with a lot of what we call transferable skills. They know what they look for. You have a product, for example, VCP Kubuli. There is absolutely no reason why the financial services sector, particularly the National Bank, should not have come forward, do the analysis, prepare the material, say, okay, we look at this, this is the, look at the, the whole structure, and you're doing a, a proposal for funding. And then you seek out persons with the, you know, with the capacity and the ability to carry that project forward, and you give it to them. Financial consultant Louis Robinson. This is Q95 News.
In any democratic country, the use of public funds must be transparent and must not cause discrimination in matters of public assistance through various ministerial portfolios. Development planner, architect and president of the United Workers' Party, Isaac Baptiste, speaks to the need for greater accountability of state funds by the members of the Roosevelt Garrett administration. Additionally, Baptiste revealed that the UWP executive will be seeking legal advice on pushing a case in the event that the authorities who can carry out this inquiry fail to do so. I, as a Baptist, as a development planner, architect, etc., has no objection and encourage public sector housing, particularly for the underprivileged and needy. However, the use of public funds in such a way must be transparent. It must not cause discrimination, and at the same time, it must be account there must be accountability. The current public sector housing program referred to as the housing revolution, which the prime minister has kept in his office. There is need and we for us to demand that the Prime Minister and the Office of and the Government of Dominica do three things. Publish the criteria for persons to qualify to benefit under the program. Two, to ensure that they provide the list and the method of selection and what, who are the committees and persons on these committees doing the selection. Provide accountability as to the cost of those programs for us to understand why it is that the government is giving properties that are worth two or $300,000 to persons for free, selected by them, not transparently. Is it an abuse of public funds for political gain and political victimization? So these three important issues must be vented in the public. And to the extent that if the authorities fail to act, we have to find who has, who has authority to take the matter to court. For the court to adjudicate, the judiciary is supposed to be independent to adjudicate on these issues. And this is what we'll be pursuing. Development planner, architect and president of the UWP, Isaac Baptiste. Prime Minister Roosevelt Garrett has expressed gratitude to the People's Republic of China for having renovated three bridges at Batali, Makushri and Point Round at the unveiling. The Prime Minister made it known that he stands by and is proud that he decided to side with the People's Republic of China from 2004. He added that the international press tends to interfere in the internal affairs of other countries and made it known that Dominica stands in solidarity with every decision that China has made. I felt, I always felt that there was but one China and that Dominica needed to adhere and respect international law. Because international law, there is but one China. So when you, we, you hear we say we support the one China principle, we're in fact adhering to historical fact, but also international law. And so Ambassador, again rest assured that this government which I have the honor to lead will always adhere and respect the one China principle that Dominica does not get itself involved in internal matters relating to countries. But we have recognized that in the international press and in some countries, they have attempted and continue to attempt to interfere in the internal affairs of countries. And sometimes they do it with impunity. And I want to say to you, Excellency, as I have conveyed to your president, and to government that Dominica stands in total solidarity with all of the legal actions which China has had to take
to maintain law and order in the whole of China, including that of Hong Kong. And we stand in solidarity with the government of the People's Republic of China in this regard. The Dominican Prime Minister says what China has demonstrated to Dominica is that they are with us through good times and bad times, and they have left their impact. And what China has demonstrated to us in Dominica, that they are not only there with us in good times, they are there with us more so in our difficult period. And for the short period which we've had diplomatic relations with China, you have seen the impact and the contributions which China has made to the people of Dominica. In every sphere of our economic and social advancement and development, China has played that important role. And today we are here to commission three important bridges that would have cost the government a significant sum, more than likely by way of a loan. And this, this, gift, in this, this gift to us means that it will allow us to use this fund that we would have used otherwise for other economic and social developmental pro programs and projects. And you will have countries which will want to lecture us and to demand of us certain things, but they will not part of our economic and social development. And I think it's important that we in Dominica understand what we're talking about when we speak about international relations and friendship. And so, Ambassador, words cannot express my personal thanks and that of the government of Dominica and the people of Dominica for the extraordinary commitment of your government and its people. Prime Minister Roosevelt Garrett, the DPSU is calling on citizens and authorities to understand the value of the public services and its workers in Dominica, such as the employees of the Dominica Water and Sewage Company Limited, Doasco, and the Dominica Solid Waste Management Corporation, DSWMC. Now, President of the Dominica Public Service Union, Steve Joseph, made this comment as it has been revealed that even in a crisis such as the COVID-19 pandemic, these workers were not considered essential when clearly the economy would have completely collapsed into chaos without their services. Is how we saw persons who were not considered essential services at all. Mm -hmm. Public sector workers, let's take for example persons in the WASCO. Water is critical and water has been critical. Washing of hands and ensuring that we have water during this COVID crisis. The other area of solid waste management was, was extremely critical. I want people to begin to understand the value of, of public services. And to very quickly, we will be quick to privatize and believe um, when we go in that direction, we're going to be more efficient. Uh, it's always important that the state have certain controls over certain public uh, services that, that, that benefits people rather than create an opportunity for profit. And, and, and I think in that case where we dealt with COVID to see all these people who all of a sudden their duties were so essential that you couldn't do without them. Cleaners, critical people um, that, that we saw step up to the plate to support state services. DPSU President Steve Joseph.
$32,000 in Dominica is a mounting load of cash that the average Dominican citizen may never obtain in a year, let alone a month, argues Pastor Randy Rodney. Rodney was speaking on a few social issues within Dominica's shores within the social commentary section of the Kingdom Connection program at the time of the statement. In his attempt to paint a picture of just how ridiculous and expensive the Prime Minister's new cabinet approved monthly living expenses are, he asked the simple question, how many citizens of Dominica actually make $32,000 a year? This would equate to a monthly salary of $2,600 a month, a far cry from what the majority of citizens of Dominica make. The pastor and DAEC president says it is imperative that we do things in a logical manner. $42,000 in Dominica is $42,000 in Dominica. Dominica. Okay? And when you think of $42,000 in Dominica, here's what you have to think about. Very few people receive $42,000 a year in for Dominica. their income. For them to get $42,000 a year in Dominica, they have to be getting more than twenty-five, or just about twenty-five, or yeah, twenty-five or three thousand dollars a month, about twenty-eight hundred dollars a month. I said, do you know who gets twenty-eight hundred dollars a month? Go to the government and find the category, not even a senior clerk. <laughs> okay, check around the nurses. Some of them scrunting to make that. Okay, check the teachers. They themselves scrunting to make that. So, so, so when you think about $32,000 a month, you have to talk about it from the perspective of the earning power of the people of, of this country. Of course. Not you. You go out and you make $32,000 yourself like this because mm -hmm. you get your money in U.S. So don't come and tell me $32,000 is nothing. We cannot say that here. In Dominica, we can't say $32,000 is nothing. That phrase must be out of the discussion. Period. <laughs> Okay, oh when somebody is making $30,000 a year, it means that they can attract a mortgage of almost $200,000 by themselves, right? Who can do that? I said, that's how, that's how you have to look at it. I said, I said there's no other way of looking at it. $32,000 is $32,000 in Dominican, it's a mountain. DAEC president and pastor Randy Rodney. Far too long, we have been producing a somewhat lazy learning society, says vocal youth activist and college student File Lander. Lander explained that this new generation of Dominican students have grown so accustomed to being spoon-fed information, which has to be broken down into its most basic form possible in order for it to be assimilated, that students are finding themselves struggling to adapt to change. He was speaking on the subject of COVID-19 and its effects on the education of the youth at the time of the statement. His argument, however, does not discredit the fact that COVID-19 has had a very negative impact on the education system, but rather alludes to the fact that it has somewhat caused persons and systems to wake up. I think that part of the problem is that for far too long we have been uh, young people, especially Dominican young people, I can say, um, have been a society of individuals who are very lazy learners. And I say this to mean that we like to be spoon-fed information. And information has to be basically... Um, broken down to the simplest form for everybody in the classroom to understand. Now, although that is um, one, that is one of the bases for a lot of education um, 
strategies in terms of teaching strategies however i feel that over some time we have to have we have we should have learned over time to adapt to new situations and although it is very understandable and even for myself i am still in school as well that changing from face to face to online it it is something that really becomes a culture shock because a lot of individuals have to really Okay, I used to be in class. I used to be the class clown. And when I'm in, when I'm in class, I just have to kick off, and then I'll get a little something, and and I get and I and I am heavily dependent on necessarily having to do the hard work of getting information. Fire Landa says the reality of COVID-19 is the new normal, and with the opening of the borders, the surety of schools opening is still an enigma. Whether we like it or not, we have to come to the reality that COVID-19 is our new norm, our new normal, and as a result, it's not something that's going to change anytime soon. And as a result, um, September is coming around the corner. Will schools open? We don't know. Because because Wednesday, the borders are going to open. We don't know what's going to come with that. And as a result, we have to be prepared for the harsh reality that this current status is our new normal. And as I always say, it doesn't make sense crying over spilled milk. We just have to understand we don't have a mop. Let us find a piece of napkin or something to pick up the milk. Vocal youth activist and college student, File Lander. Things are beginning to look up for daycare owners in Barbados. Three weeks after being allowed to reopen their doors, the majority of owners of daycares and nurseries are reporting increased numbers of children being left in their care. Ira Walcott-Smith, owner of Precious Angels Preschool and Daycare, located on 4th Avenue, Belleville in St. Michael, said things had definitely improved. On the first day of reopening, Walcott Smith told Barbados today her nursery had only catered for five children. But giving an update, she said those numbers have increased dramatically. I'm satisfied that I am making progress. It's also good to know that other daycare centers are also making progress with all what's going on in the world today. This is Q95 News. Rarely has a president shown himself to be so unequal to a tragic national emergency. Hundreds of Americans are dying daily and tens of thousands are getting infected from a once-in-a-century virus. States and cities are closing down once again, threatening to trigger a ruinous new economic slump. Doctors and nurses lack sufficient protective gear as they battle the deadly pathogen. And with testing swamped by waves of disease, one top official is warning of the most difficult time ever for the United States public health this winter. Donald Trump struck all the wrong notes on Tuesday as the U.S. sets yet another single-day record for new coronavirus infections with 67,417. With more than 136,000 dead in this country due to the coronavirus pandemic, the President of the United States today stepped into the Rose Garden and tried to turn into one of those political rallies that he can no longer do because of the pandemic. For the better part of an hour, he railed against China, the Democrats, and Joe Biden. He lashed out of the World Health Organization, the Paris Climate Accords, energy-saving air conditioners, statue vandals. It went on and on, the president at times sounding like he was reading a list or a litany. At other moments, he just seemed to free associate. 
He talked about all the bombers under his command and said, quote, hope we don't have to use them. And boasted of things he did three years ago with the wall, undocumented immigrants, all the old applause lines. But there was no applause, only silence. Because this wasn't some stadium packed full of supporters who'd come to jeer and cheer and bask in the glow of this artificially tanned man. His meandering screed was not close to anything one would normally expect or accept of a president, but that shouldn't surprise us. That he chose to do it in the Rose Garden just steps away from the Oval Office. That, too, should not surprise us either. That's how numb we are. We listen to this man muse and meander, rant and regurgitate the same tired tropes and untruthful claims. We watch him boast and brag and preen and do that odd thing with his nose when he sucks in air very loudly, and none of it surprises us. That is how far we have fallen. More than 136,000 of our brothers and sisters, our moms and dads, grandparents and friends, are dead. The president did briefly mention them, but only to boast about how many more people would have died had it not been for his actions. He calls it leadership, but to call it that would be misleading. The largest single peacetime loss of life in this country since the 1918 influenza pandemic, and no end in sight, and today the president was taking another victory lap, yet again. The graves are still fresh, but this president ignores them, and he spreads more falsehoods. And standing apart from so many others, opponents and supporters alike, including within his own circle, who are now beginning to face reality. So before we play you some of what he had to say from the biological bunker he lives in, where everyone is tested and wears masks to protect him, here are some quick dispatches from the real world that you should hear. I do think the fall and the winter of 2020 and 2021 are going to be the, probably one of the most difficult times that we've experienced in American public health. Keeping the healthcare system from being overstretched, I think is really going to be important. And the degree that we're able to do that, I think, uh, will define uh, how well we get through the fall and winter. That was CDC Director Robert Redfield today. Task Force member Anthony Fauci going even further, saying it could get as bad as the 1918 pandemic. Tate Reeves, the governor of Mississippi and a staunch supporter of the president, making a full-throated plea for mask wearing in his state. Republicans now weighing the idea of holding their convention in Jacksonville, Florida, outdoors. All signs that regardless of where people stand, the political spectrum, they are facing up to the facts, or at least beginning to. And the facts, with few exceptions, they continue to be crushing. Texas reporting a record high 10,745 new cases. Florida reporting their highest death toll so far. Cases now rising in 37 states. The president today brushed it off as flames to be put out other than lives being extinguished. And then got straight to the boasting and the falsehoods. We saved tens of thousands of lives, but we actually saved millions of lives by closing by closing up, we saved millions, potentially millions of lives. Could be a number that we're actually working on, but it could be two to three million lives. And frankly, if we didn't test, you wouldn't have all the headlines because we're showing cases. And we have just about the lowest mortality rate. But if we did, think of this, if we didn't do testing, instead of testing over 40 million people, if we did half the testing, we'd have half the cases. If we did another, you cut that in half, we'd have yet again half of that. The cases are created because of the fact that we do tremendous testing. We're the best testing in the world. I mean, this is just ludicrous. This is the president of the United States. We've got more than 130,000 people dead in this country. And he continues this ridiculous lie it's nonsensical 
it's it, it defies any belief although we shouldn't be surprised because this is what he does it's one of the favorite president's favorite lies it's on heavy rotation these days the united states is not the best or close to it in deaths it's the seventh worst in the world and testing doesn't cause cases it discovers them and by the way according to redfield and others the the the, the cases we know about probably are far underestimating the actual spread of this virus case, testing helps stop the spread the president also spoke to cbs news tonight he said that testing is working quote too well He's probably the only person who thinks that. And that's the midday news for today. First, a recap of our headlines. Development planner, architect, and president of the United Workers Party, Isaac Baptiste, calls on the government of Dominica to provide greater accountability for state funds. Three weeks after being allowed to reopen their doors, the majority of owners of daycares and nurseries in Barbados are reporting increased numbers of children returning to their care. And... Hundreds of Americans are dying daily and tens of thousands are getting infected from a once-in-a-century virus and President Donald Trump is said to be offering denial and delusion as the pandemic overtakes his presidency. These are our headlines. The news brought to you compliments Courts Dominica Limited. of the hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens